This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Three, two, one. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. As we move forward into 2021 and beyond, I expect the future studies will continue to, to identify new plumes of PFAS contamination in surface water and groundwater supplies. That's WQA Technical Affairs Director Eric Yegi talking about PFAS in 2021, part of his look ahead to the challenges the water treatment industry faces in the new year. And welcome to WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at wqa.org on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is episode number 200. If you're a first-time listener, glad you're here. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on your podcast app so you'll never miss a show. That's the magic of podcasting. We're publishing this on January 13th of 2021, and wow, episode 200. I just want to pause and say thank you for listening. Whether it's your first show or you've been with us for some time, we so appreciate your engagement in the issues that help shape our industry. We have a growing international audience. A while back, I mentioned the woman from Spain who came to our booth at Aquatech Amsterdam and told us she was a listener. That was fun. And many thanks to our guests who have provided such insight and expertise. In this episode, we talk with WQA's Technical Affairs Director, Eric Yegi, in what has become a tradition on WQA Radio, his predictions and trends for the coming year. Later, we'll talk about how you can get involved in WQA. Now, on to my conversation with Eric Yegi on WQA Radio. And we say hello to Eric Yegi, WQA's Technical Affairs Director, and he has been kind enough to join us. As, Eric, you often do, this might be the third or fourth time we've done this at the beginning of the year to give us your outlook, your best guess, I guess, uh, of what you think the water treatment industry might be facing in terms of challenges, issues, problems, and that kind of thing. So first of all, welcome to WQA Radio. Thank you, Wes. I'm always happy to sit down and chat with you. Well, I think before we look ahead uh, at 2021, and by the way, Happy New Year, <laughs> um, we probably ought to look back at 2020, don't you think? Yeah, that'd be what good. You, give, us a, your, give us your assessment of uh, water quality issues in 2020. Well, of course, uh, the first thing that we'd have to talk about with 2020 is COVID-19. It pushed many of us to begin working from home. And interestingly enough, while the commercial drinking water treatment market crashed because all those office buildings were empty, the demand for residential drinking water treatment soared. So the pandemic also prompted WQA to realize that we needed to update and refresh our technical guidance to members regarding the sanitation of drinking water treatment systems. And that led to the publication of a new manual, the Guidance for Sanitizing Residential Drinking Water Treatment Systems, which is a great resource for any water treatment professional who needs to bring treatment systems back online in a building after long periods of stagnation. 
So that's just a couple of things that happened relative to COVID-19 in 2020. And actually, Eric, you did a great video where you stepped through the process um, to help people understand what what bringing buildings back online looks like and the kind of steps that might be taken and the order and so forth. So it's a very valuable resource that we were able to provide as part of a number of resources on our coronavirus page. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Some of the other things that uh, happened in 2020, we had the, the EPA promulgated a new lead-free rule. Uh, manufacturers were given a three-year window in which they need to obtain lead-free certification now for plumbed-in products that come in contact with drinking water. So that's something that definitely companies need to be aware of, um, and manufacturers who want more information about compliance with the new rule should get in contact with the WQA Product Certification Department. We also released, as you know, the new version of Dummies, Wes. That's right. And I I know you're not calling me a dummy, I think, but yeah, water treatment for dummies. And that was something you were able to help with the the new addition, make sure that we were on top of all of the changes that had happened over the last several years since the original water treatment for dummies booklet was published. Yeah, we added new information on emerging contaminants, on maintenance, uh, consumer tips, and many other topics. WQA also released a couple of new position papers in 2020. We released an updated position paper on softeners and corrosion. After a fresh look at the science on this topic, WQA maintains that softeners do not cause corrosion in the premise plumbing. Unfortunately, this is one of those myths that continues to persist in spite of all the scientific studies which have debunked it. We also released an updated position paper addressing another persistent myth that softeners have a a negative impact on septic systems. And both of these position papers can be obtained by contacting me or Brianna Pizzatic. Um, And of course, the Dummies book is available through the WQA website. Yeah, and speaking of websites, we also uh, produced the new consumer-facing website betterwatertoday.org, and um, we're seeing more people take advantage of that and, you know, perhaps learn about water treatment for the first time and hopefully some easy-to-understand language and easy-to-understand concepts. So that's another milestone, I guess, in 2020. Absolutely. And we should probably not, uh, we should, we also should not forget about the WQRF. Uh, one of the exciting things that happened on the WQRF side is they funded a research proposal from Corona Environmental to examine the occurrence of various contaminants in drinking water. The research team from Corona really knocked this one out of the park, and they were able to develop a database of drinking water occurrence data that exceeded all of our expectations. To give some perspective to this, the database that they developed currently contains over 50 million water quality records. The EPA's previous six-year review of drinking water occurrence data, which was the largest review of that type that had been done to date, included about 13 million water quality records. So more than twice as many as what was in that previous six-year review. And Corona also developed an interactive mapping tool, which allows users to easily interface with the database so this is going to be a tremendous resource from the WQRF that will really benefit our industry and members moving forward. 
Go on over to wqrf.org slash map, and you can see what Eric's talking about. It is a great tool. You want to have, uh, actually, you can have some fun kind of poking around and seeing what uh, what that map reveals in terms of water issues in your particular area. So we're excited about it. Absolutely. All right. Um, well, is, does that wrap up 2020? Anything more to say about it? Nope. Yeah, I think that wraps up 2020. Okay, great. And then moving ahead to 2021, you now have your crystal ball in hand. Let us know what you're thinking about for this coming year. Well, uh, first, the lead problem is not going to go away anytime soon. I've been saying this every year, but we still have somewhere between 6 million and 10 million lead service lines in use. And the fact that we don't even know how many are out there should tell you that we are nowhere close to replacing all of them. In the meantime, the research is showing that there are many different ways to cause a lead release from those service lines. There's construction activity, including the actual replacement of the service lines, will disturb the lead scale and the sediments that have built up in those pipes over the years and cause a release. Changing a water source, as we saw that happen in Flint, Michigan, or changing just water additives, such as when a system switches from chlorine as a disinfectant, to chloramines can also cause a lead release. And there's many other factors like this that we're learning about which can cause lead release from those pipes. So this is gonna to continue to drive demand for point of use water treatment devices that can remove lead. The PFAS problem is growing as researchers are identifying more PFAS chemicals in the water supply. Regulation of these chemicals at the federal level remains stalled and we don't really know how big the problem is. As we move forward into 2021 and beyond, I expect the future studies will continue to, to identify new plumes of PFAS contamination in surface water and groundwater supplies. And another emerging contaminant of concern is 1,2,3-trichloropropane, or commonly called 1,2,3-TCP. This compound is found in some agricultural chemicals, it's used for paint removal and in many other industries. It's been classified as a carcinogen by the EPA. The state of California has been very active in looking for this chemical in their drinking water supplies, and they are now seeking point of use and point of entry treatment remedies to help protect impacted consumers. And I expect that as California gains a better understanding of the scope of that problem and its impact on public health, other states will begin looking at 123 TCP in their water supplies as well. All right, so it, it really does, or all three of these really do, uh, again, underscore how point of use and point of entry products can address these issues. And of course, there continues to be many consumers in North America who are impacted by the contaminants we've known about for years, including arsenic, nitrate, radiologicals. And so all of these factors are going to continue to drive adoption of the, the final barrier concept and implementation of point of use and point of entry treatments as a way to protect public health. Right. And Eric and his team, he mentioned Brianna, and then of course our government affairs team and regulatory, looking at all of these issues from a you know, a high level, the 30,000 foot level in Washington and at state legislatures across the country in terms of how these are going to be addressed from a public policy 
standpoint, I can imagine, Eric, you, you're going to have a busy year. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, we don't know if COVID-19 is done with us yet. We don't know what the future is going to hold on that front. Companies have found ways to maintain relatively high levels of productivity with remote employees. And at the same time, they've also discovered that the reduced need for office space cuts down on expenses. So either way, I think you're going to see more people working from home in the future, even after the COVID-19 problem goes away. And I expect that that at least some of that growth that we saw in the residential drinking water treatment market will be sustained. And, and those, those new customers are now much more likely to continue wanting point of use and point of entry treatments in the future. And I'm reminded, as you say that, that we probably should have also pointed out early on that uh, there never was any link between uh, the drinking water and the spread of COVID-19. Nope. There, there, there was never any uh, indication that there was a connection. And we just want to make that clear as well. That, but, but we did see concerns raised about quality of water. And I think particularly because so many people were working remotely from home. Right. And, and as you say that, it also reminds me of the fact that we have our consumer opinion study coming out mm -hmm. in uh, 2021. So as we hear what consumers are thinking about water, we will let you know what that survey shows. So that will be another good indicator of um, of how consumers are reacting, uh, as you say, you know, to not only issues that you've pointed out, but just the issue of being at home more and perhaps not being in the office. One of the things that we need to make dealers aware of is we've seen a lot more interest in the Internet of Things and the connectivity of home appliances. And the drinking water treatment industry is no exception. I expect that trend is going to continue to grow and that means water treatment dealers will need new skill sets in the future to understand internet technologies and cybersecurity concerns. Eric, fantastic. Anything further? Well, I, you know, I almost forgot the, the two major projects that have been using up most of my time and most of Brianna's time this year and last year in 2020. A couple of the new membership benefits uh, that I forgot to mention which we are rolling out in 2021. There will be the RO Market Trends Report. This will be similar to WQA's Tank and Valve Report, which tracks market trends related to water softeners. But this new report will track market trends related to reverse osmosis systems, and it's going to be based on data from the leading manufacturers of residential RO units sold in the U.S. and Canada. And then the second uh, member benefit that we're rolling out is the business operations report. This report is aimed to help dealers by providing a way for them to evaluate their business operations against other dealers. The report will focus on six areas of operations, profitability, expenses, productivity, compensation for key industry specific positions, employee training and benefits, and then lastly, the sales customer satisfaction and customer retention aspects. So look for those in uh, 2021. So these are fantastic member benefits. And if you are not yet a WQA member and you're listening to this and hearing what Eric's talking about with these two reports, you'll want to get on over to WQA.org slash membership and join so that you can take advantage of these 
two new reports in 2021. Eric, again, uh, appreciate these uh, these insights and this outlook for the coming year and appreciate as always your hard work with uh, Brianna and others, of course, uh, who really keep a, a great uh, handle on top of all of these issues that are going on and make make sure WQA members are well informed. We appreciate it. Thank you, Wes. Uh, appreciate uh, working with your team as well. And you guys do a great job of always making us sound good when we do these interviews. Thank you for that. All right. Eric Yegi, WQA's Technical Affairs Director, joining us on WQA Radio. Talk to you later. Thanks, Wes. Our Business Insights is a monthly feature on WQA Radio. I want to suggest you begin the new year with uh, two key thoughts. One is imagine. That's the theme for this year's WQA convention and exposition in July. But it also speaks to our businesses. Imagine what you and your organization can do in 2021. Imagine how you can help more people get quality drinking water. Imagine the new opportunities the year may bring. And the second thought is to come up with a key word or phrase that will speak to you about the year ahead, a word that will offer encouragement and keep you focused. What word would build hope or challenge you this year? I mentioned opportunities just a few moments ago. That's a great word. Another is growth. Maybe you want to grow by a certain percentage this year. Or perhaps it's a mindset word like generosity. Maybe you just want to be more generous with your time, with your resources, and with your expertise. And speaking of, now's the time to get involved in WQA. Consider volunteering for a seat on one of WQA's three advisory councils, nine committees, or five membership sections looking for new members during WQA's annual call for volunteers. Go to wqa.org volunteer to learn more about how you can have your voice heard, share your expertise, and take part in WQA leadership by volunteering for a committee, section, or advisory council. The application deadline is Friday, February 5th. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, a podcast of the Water Quality Association the leading voice of the water treatment industry. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on most popular podcast apps. Learn more about water at wqa.org and, of course, learn about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.